0: Our homily today is a story. And in this story, there are all sorts of times... You can just you can sit down here in the front. It'll be, you know... There are all sorts of times in this story when there are things going on that need some movement to them. And I hope that you'll, you'll provide us with a little movement to go with this. It's a story called the Mo- Society of most awesome superheroes. When Hurricane Fred blew through Metropolis, a huge white oak that had grown for centuries in Kent Square was blown over right onto the roof of the Society for Most Awesome Superheroes headquarters. That big tree, it crashed right through the attic, right into the Hall of Awesomeness, where the superheroes held their weekly meetings. The superheroes needed a place to meet while their building was being repaired, so the society's fast-thinking administrator rented them a room at the nearby Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of Metropolis. (laughs) The rates were good, and the congregation was friendly. Now, being a UU congregation, though, the secretary who booked the rental added them to the calendar using their initials, S-M-A-S-H, since that made a word. And pretty soon, members of the congregation began to wonder what this smash meeting was on their calendar. Hey, it looks like a punk rock group is playing at the fellowship, said the youth group, and they all decided to attend. I wonder if this is the cooking class we've been asking for, wondered the retirees group. I guess we'll be making guacamole this week. I bet, I bet that this is the new group for active young kids, said a bunch of parents. What a creative name. We'd better bring our whole families. A member of the social justice team called everyone she knew who was interested in anti-oppression work, I think we're hosting a meeting of the Smashing Racism Coalition this week. We had all better be there. They all accepted her invitation. Now, add in that small group of people that show up for just about everything on the calendar, no matter what it is, and after a while, most of the congregation planned to attend the Smash meeting, even though none of them really quite knew what it was. And so it happened that on the evening that the Society of Most Awesome Superheroes was to have its weekly meeting at the UU Fellowship of Metropolis, there were many, many more people in attendance than the superheroes had counted on. Wonder Woman, the group's president, called the rowdy meeting to order. Welcome to the Society of Most Awesome Superheroes meeting, she said. I see that we have a lot of new or prospective members in attendance tonight. While we weren't expecting membership applications today, I guess we can make sure you're all eligible to join. After all, this is a gathering for superheroes only, she said. Now, the congregation members weren't quite sure what to make of that, but each one decided that they needed to hear more. Most awesome costumes on this band! I am so staying to hear them, said a teenager to the rest of the youth group, who also decided to stay. The children the children were stunned to silence by the fact that they were in a room with a bunch of real-life superheroes. Having never seen their kids that quiet before, the parents weren't about to go anywhere. (laughs) Eligible to join? The social justice people were getting defensive. Who does this white woman in a bathing suit think she is to tell us who is and is not eligible to join the anti-racism coalition? Sounds like we have some serious work to do with this group. Did she say superheroes? asked one of the retirees. Does that mean we're not making guacamole? (laughs) None of the other retirees could answer her, but they all decided that since they had come all this way to the fellowship, they might as well stay too. After all, they'd never seen a meeting at the UU fellowship that was this well attended before. (laughs) Seeing that no one budged, Wonder Woman turned the meeting over to Superman, the Society of Most Awesome Superheroes membership coordinator. As Wonder Woman said, being a superhero is a requirement of staying in this meeting, said Superman. So we have to make sure that you're all superheroes. Are you all superheroes? Betty, a member of the retirees group, raised her hand. Superman was a little confused by that. He hadn't had to take questions before, but he called on her. Yes, ma'am, he said. Superman is really polite, you see. Yes, ma'am. What does that mean? Betty asked If I'm to tell you whether I'm a superhero, you probably should tell me how I would know first. Superman sighed, thinking that to him, it was very obvious what made up a superhero. But he couldn't argue with Betty's logic. There are three requirements for being a superhero, replied Superman. Superhero values, superhero powers, and a superhero costume. (laughs) Let's start with values, he went on. I, for example, and dedicated to truth, justice, and the American way. And I stand in a long line of Amazon sisters empowering women to be strong, said Wonder Woman. I believe that all the creatures of the Earth are related to one another, and they all have something to teach us, piped up Aquaman. And I generally use my vast wealth to fight crime throughout the land, boasted Batman. Andres, of the youth group, raised his hand to share, and Superman called on him. We've definitely got superhero values, Mr. Superman, sir, said Andres, a little amazed that he was talking to the Superman. We just call them principles, and we've got seven of them that our congregation affirms and promotes. There's a list there by the door. We believe that every person is important, said Robin, one of the children in the front row. We believe in justice, equity, and compassion, said Mark, who was a member of the social justice team. We work hard for justice in our community and in our wider world. We promote the democratic process and we let everyone have a voice, said Pat, a retiree. Don't forget spiritual growth, said Brenda, who was on the worship committee. We are a religious institution after all. And like Aquaman, we believe in respecting the interdependent web of all life. We love our Earth and all its beings, said Sandy, a parent who was also a member of the Green Sanctuary team. Superman, who had by then read all seven of the principles from across the room using his super eyesight, was (laughs) impressed. Those sound like superhero values to me, he said, but you also need superpowers continued Superman, some special gifts that you use to make your values real. Thanks to the fact that my home planet of Krypton has stronger gravity than the Earth, I can fly around the country looking for evildoers. I can also leap tall buildings with a single bound and run faster than a speeding bullet. I have used my vast wealth to hire a staff to design crime-fighting gadgets for me. See, I have a grappling hook and a stun ray and and lots of other gizmos in my utility belt. I have them all here except for my most awesome car," boasted Batman. The Batmobile, super hot. (laughs) I have a lasso of truth that I use to spread honesty, said Wonder Woman, and my bracelets block bullets. She was too modest to mention the invisible jet. And I can climb walls like a spider and go after bad people, said Spider-Man, who had also invented his very own web-spinning machines for his wrists. So, Superman asked, what are your superpowers? The congregation sat there silently for a moment, thinking, did they have any superpowers? They wondered. Just when Superman was about to stop the meeting, Denise stood up in the back, and in a loud, clear voice, she said, I use my superpowers of courage to dismantle oppression wherever it is found. Another long pause. Then Barbara stood up and declared, I use my superpower of compassion to take care of people when they're sick. I'm the baby whisperer, said Dave. I rock the babies in the nursery until they fall asleep. Then the whole fourth grade class stood up together. Our superpowers are best used together, said Mindy. Together we teach people about child labor and fair trade chocolate, and we're working on using our superpowers of only buying stuff that's made with love. Martin uses his superpowers to stop roof leaks wherever they are found, said Peter. And sometimes his super leak stopping powers work on plumbing, too. Max raised his hand from the wheelchair in which he was sitting and declared, I have the superpower to feed the hungry every week at the food pantry. I have the superpower of harmony, which I use with the choir to bring beautiful music to our worship, added Sarah. Kwame pointed out that Bill, his coming-of-age mentor, had the superpower of patience. To help him with the 19 drafts of his credo statement the year before, And Bill, in turn, declared that Kwame had the superpower of persistence to keep at it until he was done. On and on it went, until every single person in the congregation had recognized that something they did right there at the UU Fellowship of Metropolis held the secret to their superpower. They were using their powers for the good of their community and the world. The superhero, the society of the the superheroes of the Society of Most Awesome Superheroes, were all impressed. "'Sounds like you all have superpowers,' said Superman. "'Now all you need is a superhero costume and a secret identity that hides it. "'I have these spiffy tights and a cape and a big S on my chest. "'I go into a phone booth as Clark Kent, and I turn into Superman.'" By day, I'm a nurse named Diana Prince, said Wonder Woman. I twirl around three times and magically come out in this sparkly bathing suit and knee-high boots. (laughs) When the commissioner flashes the bat signal, I slide down the bat pole as Bruce Wayne and my robots put me in this great black outfit, said Batman. And by the time I'm at the bottom in the bat cave, I'm Batman. And I'm the gnarly surfer dude down at the beach, said Aquaman. I don't need to hide my outfit so much since all the other surfer dudes are also in wetsuits. So, do you have superhero costumes that your secret identities put on when you're needed, Superman said. He thought he had them all stumped. And truth be told, most of the people in the congregation thought he had them stumped too. We're sunk, Morris whispered to Matilda. We're just us. No one had noticed that Reverend Michael, yeah, they had one too, had come into the back door while the meeting was going on. You see, good ministers always know when their entire congregation is at a meeting, and so he quickly got himself over to the fellowship, even though it was his day off. (laughs) Oh, we have costumes, Superman piped up Reverend Michael. You see, by day, we're mild-mannered Unitarian Universalists. We worship We teach, we sing, we play, we discuss. But when we get word that someone in our community is expressing hate, we become the love people. (laughs) And with that, Reverend Michael ripped open his dress shirt to reveal his yellow-orange standing on the side of love t-shirt. Evil doers, beware, he declared. Your meanness will be met with our love. Your unjust laws will make us protest you. Your injustice will make us work harder. Wherever hate is found, the love people will be there. The congregation rose to its feet in applause. Yes, they were the love people. <laughs> hmm. Side Superman. I guess you meet all the criteria to join the society. I declare you all to be superheroes. Wonder Woman banged her super gavel, and it was sealed. They were all members. Now, you see, as the meeting went on, the Society of Most Awesome Superheroes and the Unitarian Universalists for Metropolis, they discovered just how much they all had in common. You see, they all cared a lot about the world that they lived in. They all found ways to make it better every day. They all used their powers for good. And by the time the Hall of Awesomeness was patched up, those original superheroes had decided that maybe they didn't need a secret society after all. So they all joined the UU Fellowship of Metropolis, (laughs) and they donated the Hall of Awesomeness to Cyndi Lauper to turn into housing for homeless gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender teenagers. And they all, of course, lived happily ever after.
1: We're talking about superheroes today. Each generation has its favorites. and my time, it was Superman. And our superheroes, I think, reflect the times that we're in. In those days, people were rebelling against authority and were kind of individual and wanted to be on their own. They didn't really work with a team, um, and they didn't really have mentors or guides. My son, um, his generation, 30 years later, had the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> they worked together, they were family. And they had a teacher, a sensei, splinter to help them develop. Also, X-Men became popular again, but with a different twist. This time, X-Men also had a mentor and a professor, someone to guide and someone to teach ways of the past. So I wonder, I invite you to call out, who are yours? Who are your favorite superheroes? Your generation. Yes. Buffy, the Batman, Batman, okay. Superman. I really like Buffy, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, all right, all right. <laughs> Others? Yes. And Shira. Human and She-Ra, right. Wonder Woman, yes. So some of these younger voices, I was kind of struggling with who might be your superheroes. Any of you under 20 want to tell us who's a superhero to you? Yes. Doctor Who, all right, all right. I kind of guessed that maybe the Incredibles might be for some and I think that's a wonderful um, superhero family that celebrates the strength of the family and family values and how about Harry Potter is he kind of a superhero kinda he's got sidekicks he can kinda of fly mm-hmm. yeah and he has a mentor and professors and everyone's learning together how to do things So, what does this have to do with YuYu Superheroes? Well, it's the name of one of the classes this year, and Reverend Michael will sometimes tell stories from it um, in the service, and you're about to learn the song that goes with it. And a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to teach our youth in the district in a new leadership school called Goldmine. And I had the assignment of teaching history at 7 o'clock at night. I was a little worried about that, but um, I love you, you history, and I guess it came across, and they were just thirsting for more. And it was really sad to me, being the director of religious exploration, that they knew so very little. So, I was glad that Gina Smith and I had chosen curriculum this year to learn more about our Unitarian Universalist heritage. We have a lot in common with superheroes. We have a long history of fighting against evil and injustice. We um, will learn, the elementary age, will learn about certain superheroes. You use superheroes each week on our lesson days. Um, People who did things like start the SPCA or um, start a circus or build houses that fit with the environment or invented things. You're going to learn some from Reverend Michael's stories about these things. So in the gold mine training we asked the children, the youth, to say, what is it? We had this cry, what is it for us to do? And they would say, it is for us to heal the world. So I invite you all to do that. What is it for us to do? It's for us to heal the world. So after we had learned all about our Unitarian Universalist heritage, and after I had talked to the teens about how important they were in our movement, that they didn't have so much of the divisions among their friends, that they were multicultural things. There just isn't as much division in the younger um, children, so I told them that they were the hope also not only to heal the world, but to save Unitarian Universalism. So they decided that they needed to add that to their cry. So they said, it is for us to heal the world and save Unitarian Universalism. So I ask you, what is it for us to do? It's for us to heal the world and save Unitarian Universalism. Yes. So... We have this rich heritage and history and we all need to know it and we all need to know what we can do individually and together. We have to work together and join our powers together. We each have our own. We have to find it and share it with each other.
2: Well, as I got older... I did like Wonder Woman, but when I was little, my favorite superhero was Superman. Way, way, way back before Superman the movie, there was Superman in half-hour episodes on the black and white TV set. and. What made it even better was Superman in his suit and his classes. He even kind of looked a little like my dad. So that was very cool for me. And what I liked about Clark Kent in his daily life was that here he would be at the Daily Planet, at the newspaper, with Lois Lane and with Jimmy. And But at the slightest hint of something going on, some corruption that needed his attention, he would Quietly disappear. There would always be a convenient door for him to duck into and then come out the other side, leaping out a window, soaring across the city to arrive at just that spot where he had the power to stop the corruption and bring calm back to the city. And then he would transform back into Clark Kent, the glasses and the suit back on, and everyone would be saying, where were you? Do you know what just happened? And he would just smile. And only he and I would know that he had just transformed and solved the problem of the day. We had our secret. Like other strong mythological characters, my childhood superhero taught me a very important theological lesson. That being, inside Underneath our garb of our daily lives, there are talents we possess. There are gifts of our spirits, gifts and skills that we have that make each of us able to make a difference in the lives of others around us, in our relationships, in our families, and in our communities. And this is what I want to make clear about that theological message. It doesn't depend on status. It doesn't depend on holding a particular position. You do not have to be on the path to celebrity. You do not have to be about to dance with the stars. You do not have to be on the way to being judged one of the most talented people in America. You just have to do what you are able to do to make a difference in the time and the place that you are what you can do. Unitarian Universalist Edward Everett Hale says it this way, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. It's our shared Unitarian Universalist theology that each of us contributes to the whole in the way that we live our lives together. Each of us matters exactly where we are. We are interdependent, and we are connected even when we pretend that we are not. There is something that we each can do, and we are not called as religious people to refuse to do that something. The educator and activist Parker Palmer says that we must learn to listen for how we can let our life speak. Noble ideas and heroes are fine to inspire us, but truly the superhero that is in each of us is that unique, irreplaceable contribution of characteristics that makes us us that comes from being grounded in the life that each of us is given. Whatever that life is, that is the spiritual life that we need to get to know better. And it's here in our religious community that we learn through practicing together. We learn to know ourselves better. We learn to know each other's better. We learn how to let our lives speak. So when I look out at you today and I see all you mild-mannered Unitarian Universalist superheroes in disguise, I can't help but imagine all the possibility that is out before me. So I tell you, take heart, take strength from each other, and then take action. Listen to how your life is begging to speak through the good work that we create here together. Blessed be.